0: Hello and a big warm welcome to you. My name is Marian Rose, PhD, and in this podcast I'm going to talk a little bit about the development of our inner loving mother whilst also connecting more deeply with what I'm going to call our outer loving mother, which means us being a loving mother towards our child or children. Now the way this process often goes, and certainly noticed it in myself and worked with it myself and still do, and have worked with many other mothers in this process, is often this starts out with deeply connecting with our values when we have a child or children. And often perhaps you've done inner work yourself you've done some kind of psychological work counseling psychotherapy self-development of some kind of other or other and perhaps you've looked at the effects of your childhood on your personality and your feelings and your life so what often happens is then when um, a woman becomes a mother is often her most deeply ve- held values around being a human being come to light. And sometimes these have been developing over the previous years. Sometimes it's quite a surprise um, to her. So I wonder whether you found yourself in either one of these places. So for some women, suddenly they realize that they're wanting to do things quite differently. They're wanting to respond to their babies quite differently than to perhaps they were brought up or to... to, uh, the way they're seeing other people do that and sometimes that can be more of a a sudden thing that happens during pregnancy or even after birth and sometimes it's more of a gradual process that's really happened and depending on a woman's unique journey and what often happens then is we start to learn about babies' development and what they need and um, many mothers I talk to want their babies to be securely attached. They want to meet their needs. They want to listen to their feelings. They really want them to grow up to be securely attached human beings who have a compassionate inner dialogue, who honor their needs and who are deeply connected with themselves. And it, you may resonate with this. You may have searched and researched. <laughs> I like those two words, searched and researched, and found parenting paradigms that really resonate with that strategies that are really understanding of the developmental process whereby our time in utero our birth and particularly our early years have a profound impact on the development of our personality so i wonder if again that's you for me I, my own journey was that i had how many years before becoming a mother 14 years before becoming a mother of being deeply immersed in the psychological world so I did a degree on psychology I did a PhD at Cambridge University on the mother infant relationship and whilst I was doing my PhD I also trained and worked as a psycho spiritual psychotherapist I also did plenty of other things in that time I was a research fellow on infant development. I taught the therapeutic relationship to MA students. I trained in quite a few other modalities as well. So when I came to being a mother, I really wanted an approach that was really congruent with all I'd learned, both in developmental psychology and in psychotherapy, the most up-to-date research. And I found that in aware parenting. So aware parenting was developed by Letha Salter, PhD. And for me, it was a, a missing piece. You know, it fitted with all the research, all the therapeutic uh, work and study that I'd done. But it had this extra piece of really understanding babies' feelings. So it had the understanding of attachment theory, it had the understanding of stress and trauma and how it impacts babies, it had the understanding of how uh, time, the time in utero and birth impacts babies, it had really understanding how to mirror and respond in an attuned way to babies, all of these things that I was already very well immersed in, but it had this extra piece that was completely unique. So I immersed myself in aware parenting, and I'm still passionate about it, 16 years later. Uh, And about nine months later, I also got really into nonviolent communication, which is a, a wonderful paradigm developed by Marshall Rosenberg which is all about a very, very different way of thinking about um, human beings and why we are the way we are and a really different way of thinking and speaking. So I really dived in deeply with both of these because I really wanted to give my children a very... um, Well, really what I wanted for them was to grow up with a, a deeply compassionate inner dialogue knowing what their needs and feelings were, free from self-judgment, harshness, a lot of the punitive ways of thinking that are part of what Marshall Rosenberg calls the domination paradigm, which we're still living in. So without the shoulds and the have-tos and the can'ts and the judgments and really, really clearly understanding themselves and their feelings and needs. And with the aware parenting piece of being... Um, free to express their feelings, relatively free from accumulated painful feelings that cause most of the things we find challenging in, in babies and children. So I really uh, immersed myself in practicing these with my children and I found them to be amazing, and beautiful tools and paradigms and strategies and loved how they work together. And as the, as the time went by, and of course because I was learning about myself all the time, and because I was wanting to do all these things with my children to listen to their needs, to listen to their feelings, to refrain from ever shaming or blaming or punishing or judging or coercing, all of these things, that I started to realize that my inner dialogue changed incredibly. And... I learned to listen to my own needs. I learned to listen to my feelings in an even deeper way, despite having done all those years of psychotherapy training and and one-on-one therapy work. I got free from guilt and self-judgment. And as my journey continued, I realized that I was developing what I now call my inner loving crew. So my inner loving mother, my inner loving father, my inner best friend and my inner beloved. And I developed what's what I could now call the inner loving presence process, which is really basically what I learned through actually being with my children, through being deeply present with them when I was holding them, when I was listening to their big feelings, when I was offering them compassion. Um, all those things I learned to then give to myself. And those then developed into, as I said, the inner loving presence process and the inner loving crew practice and that profoundly changed my life and then what happened was this amazing thing that then of course from my inner children the younger parts of me experiencing my inner loving mother saying I'm right here with you sweetheart I'm here with you I'm listening I'm always right here with you then when I said those to my children I really knew what it felt like from from the inside. So there was a new way and a new kind of um, deep naturalness, even more second nature naturalness to me that uh, these things just came from my own then embodied experience of receiving those for myself. So it's, it's been a really amazing process. And other things, you know, for example, my inner loving father, I learned to set loving limits, to speak my neo-no. If you're familiar with my work, you already know of these. If you're not, I have other podcasts on these, Loving Limits, neo-no. Uh, and again, they had a profound impact on my life, and they also really, really helped me in responding to my children. So what I love is if we... If we, if we kind of step back for a minute, basically what happens is the, what we what we experienced as babies and children becomes what we internalize. So the way our needs were responded to, the way our feelings were responded to, um, whether we were, if we were shamed, we would learn to shame ourselves. If we were punished, we would learn to sh- punish ourselves. If we were shoulded and have to, we would learn to feel guilty. We basically internalize our outer, our original outer experience. So what was outer becomes inner. And, and because we were children and we were growing up, we needed to totally believe those things. So they become our identity. And often, particularly in... Childhood, in teenage years, and even in young 20s, will often completely identify with those. So, we might have these beliefs about ourselves. You might say, I am this, and followed by some kind of judgment, or I should, or I have to, or I can't. Lots of guilt and shame and judgment and inner coercion, I have to. And we believe those to be true. We believe those to be part of ourselves because that's what we need to do growing up. We need to believe that those outside of ourselves know more than us and know the truth. And so what was outer becomes inner. And then we can literally change what was inner. So through this parenting process, it's kind of like another layer of outer and inner. We connect with our own values, what we really want, how we want to respond, which is who we really are. When we connect to those values that we resonate with, that we want to treat our child or children with compassion with respect with listening with empathy with consideration um, without punishment without harshness that's often a layer of deeply connecting to who we really are and our values so we connect in with ourselves and we often then as i shared will then really offer that to our child or children and then increasingly probably realize that incongruence between doing that. I see that so many times in mothers that they're doing all these wonderful things with their children, but then still hit what, what I call hitting themselves with emotional sticks. So feeling guilty, judging themselves, blaming themselves, shaming themselves, all of these things that they're actually not doing with their children. So through developing the capacity to do it with our children, we then, see again, it's outer, then becomes inner. We can turn that around 180 degrees and respond to ourselves in that way. So it then becomes inner. And then what becomes inner deeply affects outer because it becomes our second nature, it becomes what we can then free, much more freely express to our children, our partner, our friends. And the paradox is the more we are free to love ourselves and listen to ourselves in these ways, the more we're free to receive that kind of support and love from others. Because what generally happens is uh, how our inner world is, is how our outer world tends to look. Because we expect those kinds of um, behaviors. We, We look for people who will match that for us. So the more compassionate we become within, the more we are willing to receive compassion and respect and consideration and celebration, appreciation, all of those things from outside. So it means often, and that's totally been my experience of receiving more and more and more of that, which is so wonderful. So to me, this is a really profound parallel process that as, we, um, as we're mothers and we develop these new ways of seeing human beings with our children and we get to develop these capacities for compassion, for unconditional love, for empathy we get to practice those with our children and see how wonderful that is we increasingly then can do that for ourselves too. And Of course this doesn't ever replace outer support, it's still wonderful to receive all these things from the outside but it's such an amazing thing to be able to give that to ourselves. Now the other amazing thing is just as in Aware Parenting, we have all these capacities and skills to help our children heal from past hurts. So when they're having big feelings over apparently little things, there are particular ways that we can listen and be there with our with our children. And that's what became the Inner Loving Presence process. I combined uh, Aware Parenting pieces from that, pieces from nonviolent communication, pieces from the psychosynthesis, psychotherapy I trained in, pieces from the field project uh, work that I was a facilitator in to develop this inner loving presence process. And it really means that we, when in the moment we've got big feelings showing up, they're actually about the past, not about the present. We have these, um, this process, really, that we can go through to heal old hurts. And it's kind of a bit like a, a time machine, really, or a portal of consciousness, because we can go back to those younger parts of us and listen to them in ways that they didn't get heard the original time with our inner loving crew and to provide them with these reparative experiences that they didn't get. So if the, any of this kind of way of looking at things resonates with you I have lots of resources about this on my website marionrose.net I have both free and paid resources there's (coughs) excuse me (coughs) there's the inner loving presence process free taster there's the love yourself more free ebook there is uh, there's my inner loving mother outer loving mother little ebook audio and video uh there is the inner loving presence process course and then it goes on and on and on so there's the inner loving presence process for entrepreneurs respond lovingly to your calling there are lots of um and lots more that really utilize this relationship with our inner loving mother and to me this is such a profound thing because we're really changing our identity and that's been totally my experience and from a psychospiritual perspective what I found is that we're increasingly then living from our who we really are our lovingness and our willingness, I call it our soul, we're increasingly free to respond with compassion to make choices and align with our values and our callings and to be who we really are in our lives. So thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this. Uh, And I shall be doing some more on the whole inner loving presence process and inner loving crew piece. So come and have a look at the podcast if you want some more on that. Lots of love.